to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. This morning, you are joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me... Sharissa, good morning, Lawson and all. <laughs> Sharissa, thank you for joining us this morning in replacement of Lyle. Yeah, we miss him. <laughs> we do miss him. We do miss him. Of course, um, I'm also going to be out of here tomorrow. It's going to be yourself and, and Darren Pratt as yeah. we're, we're heading up for a Lyle's son's wedding. And so, yeah, great to have you this morning. Uh, it's good to be here. I want to ask you just right off the bat, what are you, what are you grateful for this morning? How's life? Oh, life is good. And you know, this morning it might sound kind of strange, but I had my breakfast really early this morning. And as I was wow. sitting there, there was a beautiful bouquet of flowers sitting on my table. So I'm thankful for flowers. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Who was the flowers my from? My mom. Oh, for you? Yeah. She gave That's it to me on the so- weekend. What a mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they're beautiful. They smell great too. So, yeah, just a reminder of God's goodness. Oh, that's so good. I tell you what I'm grateful for this morning. I, as I've mentioned on here many times, go to an amazing church uh, at the uni. It's such a blessing. have lots of friends from all different parts of the world. And uh, last night we got together at my place. We had a little fire. and we Dude, it's so good. We had a fire. We ate uh, veggie burgers. (laughs) And uh, it was also cool, too. I invited some of my friends who I work with. I have um, other secular jobs outside side of Faith FM and, uh, you know, just people who I know in a secular setting uh, rather than, you know, just people from church. And it was good to invite them along and to see them some, see them mingling. And uh, of course, you know, if, if from my position, I, I'm praying for them. I'm like, Amen. I That's hope fantastic. that they can find God. And it's, it's amazing uh, that I have a church family who are, you know, willing to come over and be accommodating and kind of make relationships with them. So That's God great. is so good. I am so happy. As you were pointing out before we went on the show, it's a beautiful morning. It sure is. Nice and crisp. All right, coming up in today's news this morning, we are going to be talking about a recent COVID outbreak in uh, New South Wales and how it's actually affected some people that I know. We're also going to be talking about the Southern Baptist oh, wow. Convention in the United States and how big changes and big topics are being uh, brought up and made over there. And finally, we might get to some trade deals with well, with Australia overseas. All right, Sharissa, what's going on in the world of positively different news? Well, um, Lawson... I understand you shared some positive news a few <laughs> yeah. like a month ago or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was about a record of a woman who gave birth to nine children. Oh, yes. Is that right? Yes, I did share that. Yeah, All dude. Right. Well, epic stuff. Hold on to your, your seat because there's a news update. Seven uh-huh. days ago in South Africa, a South African woman gave birth to 10 babies in Pretoria. And I have serious? a picture sitting right in front of me. <laughs> it's true, folks. A South African woman has reportedly given birth to 10 babies in what would be a new world record. Okay, so, and this is very morbid to talk about, but with these kinds of world records, the most important thing is that they survive. Mm. If they survive, then it is a record, unfortunately. Because, and okay, this is really surprising, because I talked about a woman who gave birth to nine babies, and she's one of only three people who have ever given birth to nine babies, but the first person to, for those all those babies to survive. Um, and that happened a month ago. Yeah. And in now- In Morocco. We, in Morocco, yes. I've got it here on the Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, she was a, a lady 25. from- She was from Mali. Yeah. Um, and then they took her to Morocco because they have, you know, superior- um, health system there. But now this lady from South Africa has just one-upped her within what, a month? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And as far as the report goes, all 10 have survived. Wow, yeah. okay. Um, and we have seven boys, three girls. She says, I am happy. Uh, sorry, 
it's her husband that says this. I am happy. I am emotional. I can't talk much. <laughs> oh, don't blame him. How exciting. And so, um, yeah, they didn't want to be identified. Five were delivered naturally. Five were via cesarean. Mm. Uh, but that's just an amazing good news story. That's intense. Oh, man. Deck tup- couplets. De- deck Decouplets. The couplets. And they thought they were only having eight according to the scan and then they got a surprise. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically with these stories as well. Like as the Malayan woman, they only thought she was having six mm. and then nine come out because it's the, I guess they're just pretty jam packed in there. They can't really. <laughs> oh, tell. I wish, I wish radio had a screen too because you can see a picture of her and she's, she's, she is very pregnant. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. uh, that's a, that's a good news story. Um, in other good news, this might interest you, Lawson. Mm-hmm. Australia's minimum wage is lifting. Okay. Uh, to twenty dollars and thirty three cents per hour. If that's a that's a rise, I think, of two point five percent. Okay. Did I say that right? Two point five percent. It looks sounds really it sounds really intelligent anyway. <laughs> uh, but there's a rise. That's what we need to know. <laughs> or insignificant. Well, I. I don't, I don't get think paid. I got the percent thing right. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I, I don't get paid minimum wage. So. Yeah. But uh, this this is a good. This could affect all wages. This is this is a good. Yeah, exactly. No, this is actually true. This is a very good thing. Uh, I think like for a long time because as in- inflation goes up, right, and the price of things goes up, um, people's wages need to adjust. And I guess the big debate they're having in the United States at the moment is that the the wage they're currently receiving doesn't reflect. Um, the increasing price of goods as a result of inflation and market demand. And so in Australia, like we've noticed that we've seen, okay, yep, the, the inflation is going up. The market demand is going up. And so we're responding by paying people more. That's really good. At twenty dollars for a minimum wage, like you know, I was like seventeen, <laughs> like working at Domino's or whatever, getting twenty dollars an hour. I would be stoked. Like, yeah. I would be super happy. I can't remember what I got when I was working at a cafe when I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was it was good. I felt rich. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was only working one day a week. Yeah, I felt so rich. Ah, uh, dude, I remember before I went to Bible school, I was seventeen. Uh, I was, I just turned eighteen. I was like preparing to go to Bible school, and I was like, oh, I want to move out of home just before, uh, like. I moved out of home just before I went because it was a bit of a bit of a weird situation, and I was living in a share house with like five other guys, and I was working at my local Domino's, um, which was really funny because I was I was riding the the pizza scooter, um, <laughs> the scooter that like delivers pizzas, which was really funny because I had just recently come back from overseas as a professional motorcycle rider, so I was probably the single most overqualified pizza scooter driver <laughs> in the history of pizza scooter drivers, and uh, yeah, dude, I was like, I'd have like. 200 bucks show up in my bank every week. I was stoked. I was so happy because, and then we would make a lot on tips too. I think people just felt sorry for us. It was like the middle, <laughs> it was like the middle of summer. I have all my gear on riding my scooter around and people would be like, Oh, I hope that kid's okay. <laughs> and so people would bless me with tips that some days would come out more than my wage. Um, but ultimately, Oh wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So it's good to know there is some good news in the world in spite mm. of all the, the bad news mm. that we, we see around us. And, of course, it's just, I mean, there's good news that happens to each and every one of us mm. in our lives, too. Have you had something good happen to you? I mean, you shared last yeah. night. That was good news. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, we can all reflect. And, and what it shows me is um, God is still striving with us mm. uh, because we do live in in a terrible, like, confused 
world. Uh, we, we talked yesterday about how, like, I think the facade that our world is getting better is finally is finally falling away, mm. particularly from a religious standpoint. Like, uh, me and Lyle were discussing about how only 18 months ago, um, it, it, news on persecution of religious rights in the West was pretty few and far between. Whereas mm-hmm. every day you can read a story about religious persecution. Yes, it's always been happening in developing countries, in countries where, you know, other faiths are uh, mandated, you know, look at China, Pakistan, like all these kinds of places. But now in the West, yeah, in the West where we're looking at consistently bad news on every single front, it's cool that good things are happening, that we can still experience good things. Um, and that it's not like... This is the thing that I really like is that it's not because some society is initiating it or, you know, a government isn't uh, mandating that we have good experiences because um, often the opposite happens, uh, even though, you know, the government has just pushed up the wage. That's really good. But that because of Jesus, <laughs> yes. we can have fantastic times. That's right. That's Awesome. Better times are coming. All right. uh, Let's have a talk about some current news today. So, uh, New South Wales is considering another lockdown after two COVID cases in Sydney. Oh, no. Which is pretty, you know, I've heard that one before. And, uh, like, a lot of people's reactions to this would be like, uh, you know, there's two cases. Just get over it. You know, people can self-isolate, whatever. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of people that feel that way, and I understand why they feel that way. But the interesting um, take that I have on this story is that I know someone who was very personally affected by this. My little sister wow. um, was in Bondi Junction, uh, which is the place where the first uh, <laughs> the first case was found. An hour before uh, the case was confirmed, like that person was in there. Basically, she was she was in the same place at the same time wow. with that person. And so she she lives in Canberra. She studies at uh, ANU. Uh, she's an absolute gun, by the way. Shout out my little sister Shelby. She <laughs> like runs the dorm down there, and she currently like. While studying, she has a job running events for a company, um, like for like political people, uh, like polit- big political events and functions. Um, and she currently, her first project is is running this week, oh. and it's got seven hundred delegates coming from all over Australia. And she's running this conference, and now she has to self isolate wow. and see whether she has COVID. So, and That's it doesn't tough. seem good. She sent a message. We have like a family group chat. She sent a message to us this morning saying. Well, like, you know, I feel okay, but I don't at the same time. My lungs hurt and I might have COVID. And so we're like super... We're praying. (laughs) Upset, like sad for her. Um, And she's really upset. She's like, oh, come on. Like, this is like the, the... my first ever conference that I've fully organized and now I'm stuck in isolation. So unfortunately that's where she's at. We're pray- I'm praying for Shelby. Uh, the, she can, she can work that out, but um, yeah, b- interesting stuff. I guess we'll see how this develops. It is very contagious if she has it. Yeah. Like she was just in the same place. And she was she just it. in the same place. And, and, but this is the thing we don't know yet. Yeah. She's gotten her, she's done a test. She hasn't gotten it back yet. Maybe if she had an AI nose that would. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if she had an AI nose that could sniff it out, that would be really good. But yeah, she's currently like her uni. She actually runs um, one of the dorms down there in, okay. in, in Canberra. And so she's actually the person who organizes self-isolation. And so she's put herself in one. Uh, she set herself up in, they have actually like designated apartments for COVID um for, for isolation, isolation. So she's put herself in one of those. And the unfortunate thing is that she's finished uni 
for the semester. She's done all her exams, so she can't even go in there and study. She just has to sit there and oh, do nothing and listen to Faith FM. Listen to Faith <laughs> FM. Watch, watch, uh, you know, watch her event that she organised. Come oh. and go. So, so yeah, we'll we'll see how how she ends up. But yeah, how this story ends up as well. In other news across the world, America's largest Protestant church elects a peacemaker, elects a new president. They had the Southern Baptist Convention over the weekend and, oh, well, in, on Tuesday, sorry. So, you know, over the weekend and then concluding on Tuesday where they elected a new president. Now, this is pretty big news. I know a lot of people sitting there probably thinking our Australian audience are like, well, the Southern Baptist Convention in the United States, uh, th- that doesn't sound like a particularly um, <laughs> a relevant thing for us, but but it is. You know, the Southern Baptist Church, as I said, is the biggest Protestant church in the United States, which is the biggest Protestant nation uh, in the world. And them electing a new president, it was actually really important because of the talking points of the convention. Yeah. Um, the big points that were made... Uh, were in particular like the, the the big talking points that kind of surrounded the election was with two things. Firstly, critical race theory, yes, uh, which is is very prevalent in conversation. Something that we've brought up on Faith FM before, um, as well as abuse in within the Southern Baptist Convention. That was like the two big things that needed to be solved by the electing of a new president. Like that's what the the people want to see. Uh, that's what the people want to. Um, what want development and progression in. And so they've elected this new guy. His name is, I had it right before me, um, Edward Linton, uh, Lytton. Uh, and he is now, uh, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, interestingly, uh, unlike his opponent, who, Pastor Mike Stone, Pastor Mike Stone, he traveled all over the United States to all the different churches, had some airtime on TV, was like, hey guys, you know, you should, you should vote me in, like, I'm gonna lead our church to prosperity, mm-hmm. um, and kinda made it, made a big show out of it, like, which, fair enough, it's an election, and he, he made himself very uh, recognizable to those who were voting, uh, but in the opposite corner, you had, Ed Linton, who would go on to win by a very, very slim margin, only yeah, like a couple percent. Yeah, uh, only a couple percent. It was like, oh, what did it say there? Like well, 52 he, to 54? Yeah, he received 52% of the vote. Yeah. Just defeating him by like it was 600, 400 votes. 400 something. votes. Yeah, so very, very slim margins. Uh, and obviously, like, this isn't everyone in the Southern Baptist Church voting. That's uh, millions of people. This was 15,000 church representatives and delegates. Yep who come together and vote. And, uh, yeah, he won by a very slim margin. And that's because, um, unlike Stone, Linton actually has a background in um, peacemaking, in civil rights. In He's a, he's from Alabama himself uh, and did lots of work um, re- in, in reconciliation with the community, particularly after the... Um, the now deemed unlawful um, shooting of uh, Michael Brown in 2014 in, in Missouri uh, by a police officer. And so he, like this guy, uh, Ed Litton, he has been voted in again by a very slim margin uh, as, as someone who the Baptist church sees can kind of make reconciliation with, you know, the people around them. And particularly on the topic of critical race theory, that he can kind of, steer the church in a balanced way uh, through 
those issues. Um, for those who mm-hmm. don't know what critical race theory is, just a quick summary. Like, this is just what I read on uh, Wikipedia. Critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine the law as it intersects with race issues and challenge mainstream liberal approach, uh, um, approaches to racial justice. Wow, now, this is what, uh, that was a mouthful. Yeah, this <laughs> is what they claim to be doing. And now the opposition to that, uh, the, why people kind of um, critique it is is because they believe that it's against um, truth and merit, individualism and liberalism. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they're saying, like, what critical race theory does is point to white oppression and society as the reason for all their problems rather than merit and themselves and taking personal responsibility. And personal responsibility is something that God gives us as autonomy, and that's why a lot of Christians are kind of rising up against critical race theory. They're saying, like, this isn't something we want to be a part of Mm -hmm. because we believe believe that we have responsibility in, a, in and of our lives. Like God has given us that autonomy and, uh, you know, God is loving enough, that, uh, loving enough to us that even when we fail in our personal responsibility, he gives us grace and the ability to repent, like praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is a personal decision that we make that we take responsibility for. And so the Southern Baptist Convention, they're like, look, we want to work our way through this um, as it's a huge hot button topic, particularly with the younger demographics of the church, um, that the younger demographics are supporting it more even though the southern baptist convention and the church are seeing that it's not a good thing so so they're they're working through it and i think Mm -hmm. that this is probably a good change for them and uh, particularly also in the area of abuse allegations as well they want to take a big stand against that so i guess we'll see in the coming months how that works out welcome back everybody you're listening to the breakfast show on faith fm 87.6 87.8 or 88 Right across Australia. Joining us on the phone this morning is Daniel Kubrick from Signed to the Times magazine. Daniel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Lyle. Good to be here. So, Daniel, we often have uh, Jared Stackelroth here on the show, but you've been on the show as well in the past with Science Magazine. So, Jared's the editor. That makes you the associate editor. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's right. I'm the assistant editor. It's funny because he actually, uh, he, um, given the our sort of cover article for June is about um, the upcoming Euros, which is a, a soccer tournament happening in Europe. Um, and I wrote an article about it. He was like, hmm, maybe this is one you can take. So, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Get the, get the European to do it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I was born in Australia, but, you know, my, my parents and stuff are, are from Poland, so I guess I have a sort of a vested interest there. But yeah, I guess a lot of um, a lot of people in Australia are from migrant communities over there, so there are quite a few people supporting their teams, like, you know, England, Italy, and so forth, so yeah. Wow. Okay, so the cover article is about soccer. Now, this is, I guess, would it be fair to say the most international game that there is? I think it's it's definitely the most participated one, and um, actually, I think um, the World Cup, which is not on this year, it's actually on next year. But the World Cup is the highest viewed sport event, I think, even higher than the Olympics, um, as far as the World Cup final. So, yeah, I think it would be fair to say that it is a, the most sort of international sport. Yeah. And uh, now, your parents—I'm just trying to remember where your parents come from. Was it uh, Poland? Yeah, Poland, that's right, yeah. And do they have, they, they got a running in this or not? Yeah, well, um, I mean, my, my mom particularly doesn't really care that much about soccer apart from what she sees on the news. But, um, my brothers and I, we always, you know, stay up for games. Um, we've always been pretty active in playing. Like, I used to play futsal as well. So, yeah, it's, it's always been good, like, always staying up for, for big games. 
Um, so yeah, very interested to see what happens this year. Um, the article itself it doesn't actually focus too much on the the, the actual what's going what people can expect from the Euros. It's more about um, the state of football in the world and you know what teams you go for. And you know there are certain teams that have a lot of money. Um, that are sort of the safe bets that you can go for, like the ones that have been winning in their respective leagues quite a few times over the last few years. And then we sort of take that and compare it to um, this great cosmic battle that we believe is happening between God and his adversary and how sometimes it feels like God is the underdog and yet he's the one that's going to be the victor when uh, the full-time whistle comes around. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And do we have examples from history where the underdog has come through with a surprise victory? Are we, are we talking about um, soccer or just uh, in general? Well, I'm, I guess I'm talking about uh, the articles about soccer. So I was just—I'm not a huge uh, follower of soccer, so I'm just sort of wondering: do we have uh, some examples within soccer, uh, seeing as this is what the article is about? That yeah, yeah. Gets, has shows some underdog surprises. I think the biggest one was a few years ago. There's this club in England called Leicester City. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, always the, the teams that have the most money and can buy the best players usually win in their respective leagues. Whereas in, um, in England that year, there was the, the small club, Leicester City, who on a very small budget. And I think the odds of them winning the league at the start of the season were around more than a thousand to one. And, uh, then, for some reason, their coach was, you know, amazing. He took this squad of guys who were, you know, fairly unknown, and he took them all the way to winning the league. And that was a huge uh, thing because things like that have never happened before. And you know, in Australia, we um, we have a soccer league here called the A League. Uh, my club is Adelaide United. I go for because I'm from Adelaide. And um, around that same year, they actually, you know, they started the season on the bottom of the table they were there for the first nine rounds and then they just picked up and um, started winning a whole bunch of games in a row and they ended up winning the league which was the first time that it happened in Australian professional sport where a team was bottom at the start of the season and ended up winning the league so those are just a few examples that we sort of compare it to yeah yeah, some great examples from history. Okay, so when you bring that across to the uh, concept of the great controversy that is waging between Christ and Satan, this obviously, you know, the stakes are much higher uh, because we have, you know, the existence of the government of God, we've got the existence of humanity, we've got our own personal salvation, which is all at stake. What are the parallels that you're drawing there? Yeah, well, I, I guess we sort of, we compare it to, you know, the, the assurance that we have, like, um, obviously, to, to believe in God, it's it's a it's a life of you know there there are challenges. It's not like a safe bet where you you know you, you feel like you're you're in constant assurance. That there are challenges. There are challenges where where we are tested. Um, but at the same time, um, you know the Bible does have the assurance that that God is going to prevail in the end and that He is with us all along the way. So. Whereas, you know, if, if Real Madrid sort of entering a, a semi-final, they're, they're a fairly, fairly safe bet. In fact, they're a safe bet from the, the very outset. Um, a life with Christ, if we, if we sort of stay committed with him, even when the, the trials are tough for us, even when we are tested, then um, the, raw, the reward is far greater. Yeah, fantastic stuff. All right, so what else have we got happening in this month's edition of Science Magazine? 
We have quite a few interesting articles, actually. Um, I think just starting off, one of them is by one of our authors. His name is Mark Delaney. And um, I think we've, we've discussed him in the past, but he, we, we asked him to write a new article, which is actually very insightful because him and his family, they moved to India and were um, living and working in the slums there um, simply to, to help out in the community. So we asked him to write an article for us about the concept of privilege. And um, honestly, it was, it was very eye-opening for me to read that because he talks about, um, you know, how he, he was doing his university degree. And he obviously worked hard a lot of the time. But even those times when he was working hard, the reason that he was there was because of his privilege. Like, it was a privilege for him to grow up in Australia, in a, you know, first world country. It was a privilege that at the time he didn't have to pay for his uni, uni debts. Um, and then, like, he just highlights how many privileges we have. Like, he sometimes um, can feel like, life is a bit tough but I think if you read this article it'll be humbling to realize just how privileged we can be and then he sort of charges the readers with the you know the small thought that you know what are you going to do with your privilege are you going to to use it to help others or are you going to just sort of um, sit on it so yeah, it's a very sort of a humbling article and I really appreciate that he wrote that yeah and we really do you know particularly for those of us who grew up in Australia, we take so much for granted. We live in probably the best country in the world. Um, mm. And there is, you know, we, we've all travelled a little bit, and as soon as you start to travel, you just realise just what a blessing it is to live in this country and how easy we have it compared to really the majority of the world. And even as far as wealth goes, we sit in the top 1% of the, you know, the population of the world, which is... Just, just remarkable, and I guess the question that goes through my mind each, well, that should go through our mind each day is, what am I doing with the blessings that God has given to me in this amazing country to do something for God? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I do. Uh, I agree with you there. I think um, for me, it's 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 easy to complain sometimes when you get bogged down in the busyness of life, but keeping things in perspective with realizing that there are so many people out there who have. You know, don't enjoy the same blessings I do. Um, <clears throat> even even in the small acts that we can come across that we can potentially contribute to help other people, it's definitely um, a positive impact on the world. I think. Yeah, fantastic stuff. What else you got happening there? Well, we've also got a few more interesting articles. One of them is called "Does Prayer Work?" We actually asked one of our authors to to sort of look at this topic logically and sort of scientifically. Um, and look, I think that's the, probably the trickiest topic you can look at logically and scientifically because it's, it's an experience. Uh, asking, like, praying is an experience. And there's no science about it. There's no science whether one prayer will be answered or another one with one will. Um, it's, you know, about, I guess, um, what Nathan did was he, he really unpacked the nuances understanding that there are many people who have prayed really hard for a certain thing and their prayers haven't been answered and their, their belief in God has been somewhat shaken by that. But at the same time, there have been people who have had answers, answered prayers. So it sort of navigates these two things and there's no hard and fast answer whether you know a certain kind of prayer will be answered while another one won't. It's, it's part of the mystery, I think, of God that uh, we don't know what the outcome will be. It's not prescriptive in a sense. So, yeah, he, he, he talks about that. And I think, um, you know, 
at the end of the article, we sort of encourage that if anyone does have a prayer request or, or questions about prayer to certainly get in touch with that because it's something that could certainly be discussed more, yeah. For sure. And one of the things that, you know, I love about the Bible is you've got stories like the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men of faith who prays for healing and uh, is not healed. And the message that comes from God is my grace is sufficient for you. And particularly for people who feel that their prayers have not been answered, I think there's um, a tremendous amount of encouragement in the Bible. Uh, for people in those kind of situations, so I'm really glad that you have, um, you know, addressed this really important issue. Now, yeah, um, yep. go ahead. I was just, just going to add the same thing goes with Job in the Bible. Also, you know, crying out to God for help, and he, he often feels like God is not there. Um, yeah, so really, there are quite a few examples, even of Bible characters who who went through this some same sort of challenge. And then, then the other classic one, of course, is Hezekiah who prays for healing, and because God says it's it's over, it's done, get your house in order, you're going to die. He prays for healing, God heals him, and it turns out to be a terrible, terrible idea. The whole nation would have done much better if uh, you know Manasseh was born, the Babylonians come down, check out all of their treasure. Uh, you know, there's a lesson there to trust that God actually does see the big picture. But yeah, um, we could probably we could probably have a a long discussion about that. One more article before we finish up. Tell us about one more article. Give us a a bit of a teaser of what you've got there. Well, we have this article about a lady um, that one of my one of my uh, my boss was actually in touch with. Her name is Irene Gleason, who um, like her her life growing up was was she she underwent some massive difficulties. And in a way, I guess it, it can be connected to the, the privilege article that Mark wrote for us because Irene, instead of being brought down by these things in her past, um, actually moved to Uganda and decided to help out all for the children. And then, so she spent 22 years there. And by the end of the 22 years, she had helped 20,000 traumatized children. Um, she helped them receive free education, food and medical care. And um, actually in 2009, she was ordered uh, she was appointed an officer of the Order of Australia. So I think um, if you read that profile about Irene, I think you'll be very encouraged. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, 22 years in a country like Uganda, that is, that's dedication right there. And it's amazing when, you know, somebody steps out of their comfort zone. We live in such a, you know, we're talking about uh, privilege here in Australia and the blessings that we have and the and the gifts that God has given to us in this great country. But to... You know, it, it takes a special kind of person who is prepared to turn their, you know, turn, not to turn their back on it, but to leave all that behind to go and help out people who are, you know, not in that same situation. 20,000 children during that period. This is a very large number. Yeah, that's right. She also um, helped out more than 8,000 children a day within five primary schools, you know, created um, a whole bunch of, like, hygiene programs. Like, I mean... She actually sadly passed away from cancer in 2014, but yeah, her legacy definitely lives on, and she's often called um, Australia's Mother Teresa, so incredible legacy. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Now, how do we go about uh, interacting with Science Magazine? Yeah, that's right. So you can jump on our website, which is signsofthetimes.org.au. Uh, we have a subscribe button there. If you click that, um, it's only $26 for a year and you'll receive 11 editions. So that's really cheap when you think about it per magazine. Um, so you can receive those straight to your mailbox. Um, but our articles also appear on the website. We have, you know, web 
articles that are also exclusive to the website on there. Um, as well as that, we have a Facebook and Twitter preference, uh, presence, uh, that is at Science Mag. And then also we have a podcast, which you can find on Spotify called Signs of the Times Radio, uh, which also plays on Safe FM. So we're actually interviewing some of the people that I mentioned, um, would, um, that wrote articles for us this month. So yeah, be sure to check those out airing, um, around the country. Fantastic. Daniel Kubrick from Science Magazine. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.